Welcome everyone to week eight, the B-Leagues Pick'em Show. Show for going for two live. I'm your host, Dan at the B-League says. Coming in for another week of Pick'em Props from over at underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy at if you want to go with that. Promo code as always, GF2 for 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. Yeah, throw in 100, get 200. And then you can just waste it with everything I have to say. That's what we want to do, right? We want to come in and make some money. We have done very well the last couple of weeks. We've been hitting on all cylinders. Obviously, the start of the year, it's a little bit sus with who's playing where and who's doing what and who's got everything going for them. But we can end up kicking on into better things uh, like good, consistent prop betting as we do as the year goes along. Look, a lot of the casual bettors, they don't come back in because they've lost a bit of their money. And that happens, and that's cool too. So a lot of those bets don't swing as much as you think they would on a regular basis, which is great news for us. We're this deep into the season. Well, it's maybe 40% of the way through. We still got playoffs to go, Super Bowl props and all that sort of jazz as well. Interesting week this week on the betters market. I found, uh, obviously, last week, everything was an incredibly low market. I think it was only one game in the morning over 41-42. That was Baltimore, and they absolutely doused the Lions, which was interesting to see. But we start off on Thursday night. The Bucks travel up to Buffalo. They get an 8.5 head start over under 42 implied total. Buffalo have been looking absolutely crap housing at the moment. The, the Giants really should have did better up there. They missed that, what, that last play at the end of the first half, and then they probably could have taken it towards the end. And then they get done by the Patriots. Not just done, they were dealt, and that was just bad. So the Bucs on the road, you know, coming off a loss to Atlanta, they might be wanting to get some more out of this as well. Philly minus six and a half at Washington over over under 43 and a half. Bit of a trap game for the Eagles. It feels like Washington, for some reason, in Washington, give them trouble. I, I don't know why. Maybe if there's an Eagles supporter that's watching or listening, they could confirm that with me. It just feels like one of those games that Philly should just roll them with. And it, for some reason, they just don't go away. Philly eight and a half is a very high total. I, for a team, okay, they just did well against Miami, but it feels like they're not getting out of second gear. So eight and a half, sorry, six and a half, sorry, is very high for me. New England plus nine and a half at Miami plus nine and a half is not enough after what happened to them in week two. Raheem Mostert, I think he had 125 yards and a couple of touchdowns. A-Chain welcomed into the fold that week as well. So I think it's going to be a big, bad week for the Patriots even though they had a bit of success against the Bills in Miami. Applied totals 47 there as well. Here's a crap here's a crap shoot for you. The Jets are on the road to the Giants. Over under implied total is 36 and a half. So there's absolutely zero faith, which kind of leads me to believe that Tyrod Taylor looks like he's going to be the guy on the center again. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I haven't heard anything from the Giants side of things about Jones or Taylor. I, at this point, you look better against Buffalo and uh, and Washington with Taylor than he did Jones, right? The hot hand, that's what you got to do. Hot hand. They won one. They scored 14 points twice. Not really a hot hand, but it doesn't matter. It's just semantics. Rams plus six and a half at Dallas, over under 45. Interesting game. Uh The Rams have this hot and cold feel to them. They probably should have did better against the Steelers at home last week. Really had no answer for them. Kind of surprising as well. Jacksonville minus two on the road to Pittsburgh over under 42. Pittsburgh, again, a away win at the Rams. They might be feeling a little high in their home underdogs against Jacksonville, who are, what, four in a row? 
Interesting stuff there. Minnesota minus one at Green Bay implied total 43 and a half. I can see why. They just put the uh, 49ers through the works. Green Bay looking a little shaky at the moment. But look, talking a bit of a teething period there for Jordan Love, a bit of a learning curve. Christian Watson out again, it looks like, as well. So it's a shame for him. But look, that's a young team. You're looking at the most experienced receivers, what? Romeo Dubs? That's kind of wild when you think about it. So, yeah, they're, they're going to get better as the year goes on. Houston minus three at Carolina. So an away favorite for Houston at Carolina. It's Young versus Stroud. I like the idea of this. Uh, implied total 43 and a half. I kind of like Houston at the moment. They're doing quite well. I feel like it's going to be a big game, a rebound game for Damian Pierce for those who are playing DFS, playing along. He's had a bit of a rough few weeks. Atlanta minus two and a half at Tennessee, 36 and a half. Still no word on Ryan Tannehill. I think it's going to be uh, Malik Willis and a mix of Will Levis. It sounds that's what it sounds like from Mike Vrabel. If that's the case, Atlanta. I mean, with what happened with Bijan Robinson, if he's feeling a bit better, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Uh, and we can kick over into New Orleans uh, plus one point five at Indianapolis over under forty three and a half. So Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis home favorite against the Saints. I don't think we would have thought that. So maybe with Richardson, you don't know how that went. Kamara, what do you have? Like 12, 13 targets last week. That was kind of wild. Chris Olave speeding away to 15 targets. Didn't do much with him. Got lost, ran the wrong route, got booked by the cops. Unbelievable effort from him, to be fair, in a span of a few days. Look, I mean, Michael Pittman had his uh, had a few things to say about that, didn't he? Didn't think he figured into the team's plans. Oh, a little sookie sookie la la there, Michael Pittman. Oh, only had two targets. Try being a Giants receiver. You get like one target every other week. Greedy fuck. Either way, we're going to hit, hit over into our game picks. This week's game, I chose... Oh, there we go, Jamie. What's up, brother? Hope you're doing well. Those Browns have just named PJ Walker the starter this week. Deshaun Watson's going to take another day or two off. He needs a bit of a rub, I think. And he probably could use some work on his shoulder, too. Anyway, we're going to kick on into that Buffalo game. They get Tampa at home. I can't wait to see what this is. It's two two teams, really. They, they, they Tampa, really, like, they're doing better than what I think anyone expected. I feel like they're... Of all the teams in the South, I mean, if you had asked anyone at the start of the year, you'd probably say Derek Carr being the best quarterback in that division. I don't know if that says much. Uh, and the team that he had around him, and you kind of got to sit there going, well, Tampa's probably got an all-round better team at this point. And they get to go up to Buffalo in a short week who have had, what, this is going to be their third game in 10 days. They had the Giants primetime Sunday night. Uh, and again uh, this week, and now they've got the short game. So three games in 10 days for the Bills, and they have not been looking good at all. So we're going to go to Old Faithful. Josh Allen, pick number one. We get the booster for some reason, 1.5x on his rushing, receiving touchdowns. I'm taking that all day to the bank. Listen, when you are desperate, you're going to put the team on your back. You're going to carry them over the line, and it feels like Josh Allen Hasn't really been doing that lately. I mean, even against the Giants, it didn't really feel like he didn't really do much, did he? So, you know, he's going to start to wake the wake the frig up a bit and get going. So, you know, if you're going to, you're going to just beat the hapless Giants and the terrible Patriots, there's got to be something that he has to do to wake up and get moving. I feel like that's something he's going to do this week. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Uh, obviously, the Bucs, their run defense has always been one of the elite run defenses or rush defenses in the NFL. So to go, hey, he's going to have a scoring touchdown. I feel like a lot of people aren't really on that either. But they have conceded three rushing touchdowns this year across what five uh, across six games that had the bye week in there too. So that's tied for the second most in the season. Allen himself has four rushing touchdowns in his last five games. So he's been doing it still, even though the Bills kind of have not. 
Pick number two, I feel like I hate the term chalk. It's the chalk play. I fucking hate the chalk play. I don't even like chalk. I'm not putting it on that board. We do everything digitally. We don't need to do that. Pick number two is going to be Dalton Kincaid, higher than 37.5 receiving yards. Look, no knocks due to injury. Due to injury. And we have gone over his home road splits before. Prior to this week, obviously, he was on the road last week in New England. He was nearly going at two to one yards to, uh, yards at home to the ones that are on the road. So he was really a home field play. Uh, and here he is punching, what, six receptions, seven receptions for 70 yards last week. He looked pretty good. Uh, the Bills outside digs, they need playmakers now. Like, they need people to step up. Look, it's not going to be Khalil Shakir had a career game last week for 35 yards. Like, that's not the way it's going to be. Diggs is doing what Diggs does. He's still pretty damn special. Gabe Davis, he looked, what, one for 10 last week? He really didn't do anything. James Cook had a good game last week, but it's not really enough, and you can't be asking that of him. Of course, it comes at a time when Damian Harris gets hurt. So the time's now for Kincaid to earn his keep and show why he was worth that draft capital. Bucks are middle of the pack versus tight ends. And, you know, what's worrying out of all this, and I feel like this prop option is going to come up tomorrow, something for everybody to have a look at. Still yet to concede a touchdown to the position, which is kind of wild through six, seven games that they haven't had a tight end score on them. So that's pretty damn cool to know about as well. 37 and a half receiving yards isn't the end of the day. And it was also the first week last week for Dalton T Dalton Kincaid to have a 37 and a half or over 37 and a half uh, receiving yards since week two. So it's been a while since he actually did anything of significance. So something to take note of there. Pick number three this game. We're going to go Rashad White, higher than half a rushing receiving touchdown. We're taking that 1.5x boost. Normally not the guy over here that says go higher, go higher, go higher. That's normally not me, but we are in this game. Rashad White, I, I don't know why I'm on this. Actually, I'm going to tell you. He's been on an absolute touchdown draft drought this year. To be honest, he's been hyper unreliable starting him in weekly or, or dynasty or daily fantasy. He's been brutal, all right, for, for at least rushing yards. It's not been happening. If you get anything out of him, it's going to be receptions and receiving yards. He's tallied about 100 receiving yards across three games over the past three games. 100 receiving yards, not too bad. Seems kind of crazy because it's near parallel to what his rush yards look like. No one wants to know that. It's just kind of scattered all about. So... Tough matchup against the Falcons last week. Mayfield was able to push the ball downfield enough. He still finished with like 270, 280 yards, Mayfield. You wouldn't believe it because they couldn't convert. It is what it is in that regard. It happens. It happens to everyone every now and again. So, you know, they just weren't capitalizing in on it. And if they're going to be able to push the ball downfield, like Tyra Taylor had 200 on the Bills. They got to the goal line sufficiently enough. Like, it could be something that we look at and go, well, it's not it's not out of the realm this time. Uh, end of the short week, uh, the short week, same injury that Mayfield's hand still kind of lingering about. He seems okay. There's a chance they'll simplify the game plan, add more white to the mix. That's what you want to do. The Bills do, however, give it up on the ground occasionally. They've allowed five running uh, running back touchdowns this year, tied for the sixth most in the NFL. So it's something to take note of. They do allow the odd rushing, uh, running back rushing touchdown. If it hasn't happened for Rashad White this week, oof, time to go start finding uh, Sean Tucker off the waivers, I think. Nice and fun. As always, we're going to kick off into the afternoon games. We're going to look at Cleveland plus three at Seattle over under 39 and a half. That's an interesting one. Uh, even with PJ Walker as your quarterback, that defense, they just knocked off San Fran. Like, I, I don't know. I guess it's the road game thing, but Seattle home favorites. But uh, not really. I mean, they should be. Baltimore minus eight at Arizona over under 44. And Cincinnati, plus four and a half at San Fran, over under 45. I like that. 
Cincinnati Bengals 2200 on DFS this week, their DST. Tell you what, San Fran been struggling a little bit lately. San Fran love a turnover. They love a sack. Something to keep your mind on. But I'm going to take the easy route this week. I am going to look at Kansas. Might I say that Denver over under implied total of 46. I am going to commit career suicide here by taking Travis Kelsey lower than 83 and a half receiving yards. Yes, that's right. This guy over here is going to do the wrong thing. Look, let's talk it. Let's just let's just lay it all out on the table right now. Travis Kelsey, he's had about 300 receiving yards in his last two games. And 120 of those came two weeks ago against Denver. So, you know, he's playing Denver again and he had 120 on the short week about 10, 12 days ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy that's going to do that. I'm going to go, I'm going to be the anti the antithesis to all this for some stupid reason, but we're going to get to it. On the road, it's different, but Denver have also had the second most receiving yards to position this year. Can't believe I just stopped going against it, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to get there. Kelsey, you're responsible for about 27% of the receiving yards that Denver have conceded this year. I'm really not making a case for myself. This is... What, nearly with a quarter? That's unbelievable. Career suicide. I am all about that. But look, for what it's worth, Travis Kelsey has failed to hit this marker of 83 and a half receiving yards versus Denver in eight of his last 11 and in 12 in his last 18 for his career, which is kind of wild that he's gone under this quota versus the Broncos. So two thirds of the time, you don't get there. So that's something to take notice of as well. He has failed to cross 83 and a half receiving yards on the road to Denver since week 12 in 2016. So it's been seven years since he's done that. What? We're making a case. We're building it up. So it's been seven years since he's had over 83 and a half receiving yards on the road to Denver. Kind of well. I'm giving you every logical reason for this to not happen. His career trend says that it is not the norm that he does this. Make of this what you will. I'm going to go with career form over recent form. He's not going to get there. <gasps> Shock horror. Watch, watch. If she's at the game, watch. If she's at the game, watch that number drop to like 60. Unbelievable. Pick number two. We're going to go lower again. Colton Sutton, lower than 46 and a half receiving yards. Look, this is, this is a hard one for me. I feel like he's in the form of his career. It's been a while since we've seen him actually do something, which is kind of nice. You know, play. I actually said before that the start of the year, I thought that Sutton would be uh, Sean Payton's Marquise Colson. I thought that that was kind of gone over. Look, he'd be that red zone presence. He'll get maybe 100 targets, 750 yards, eight, nine touchdowns. I said he had that Marcus Colson vibe to him. Guess what? He's had around 45 targets. He's had about 400 yards and five touchdowns. God damn. Anyway... Here we are. So, look, his fantasy stats have been, yeah, it's kind of deceiving. So, like, a third of his total points have come from touchdowns this year with five overall, So, which is one behind his career best of six. So, he's already making a mark of career best. He's had six touchdowns. His career best was in year two of his uh, professional football career. So, it's been a minute since he's done this. So, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Sutton's filed across 46 yards in four out of seven this year. And one of those games was two weeks ago versus Kansas. Uh, it's also that weird day where the news about Jerry Judy maybe getting traded and a whole Steve Smith crap happened on TV and everyone freaking bonkers. Like on that day, also Russell Wilson threw for less than 100 passing yards. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen again. Look, he had half of his passing yards in one game and he only got to 45. Like that's not good in a game where they kind of got desperate and sloppy. So I'm not, I'm not saying look, the Chiefs look the middle of the pack. In passing defense versus wide receivers, they allow around 140 a game. Sutton's going to figure. 
And I understand that, but the marker, I feel like, is going to be a little bit lower this week. I also feel like this marker, you hit sun, uh, Sunday, that marker is going to float up a little bit. I have a gut feeling this is coming up. So maybe sit tight on this one. If it starts to sink lower, hey, by all means, if it gets to that 42, 40 mark, I get why you might go higher on that. But at this at this moment, I feel like we're going under. Pick number three, I feel really sketchy on this one, but pick number three, we're going Isaiah Pacheco higher than 65 and a half rushing yards, which really seems logical, like we should be doing that. You know, what was meant to be his breakout game two weeks ago versus Denver at Arrowhead. Obviously, they got absolutely smashed by the Jets that weekend as well. It was at Brees Hall went for 170 yards or something stupid. Pacheco did what he just normally does. He did his normal output. Yeah, so Joe Mixon range of 15 touches for 55 yards. Like, great. Like, you're a good NFL running back, buddy. Congratulations. You're, you're good. We were hoping for more on the better side of things, but it is what it is. So it's hard to gauge the games you should be going off on because his role doesn't always change that much. It was a short week. Maybe things were a little bit different. Things were a bit odd. Maybe. So I'm hoping Denver's going to be a little bit more competitive this time about 65 yards is on the money for him. So it's going to be tight. It's not going to feel comfortable, but I feel like he's going to be able to get there. No one has allowed more yards on the ground to the running back this year. So over 1,000 already through seven games. Denver are that bad that they've allowed 150 more rushing yards this year than the next team, which is the Giants, at about 850. So they're going at about 150 yards more this year. It's kind of wild. when you, That's what, 20 to 30 yards more per game than anyone else? It's kind of, kind of terrible. So we're hoping Pacheco can capitalize on that. He didn't score versus the Broncos last time out, but they also have allowed eight touchdowns in. Something to keep your eye on as we go. Did I get that trade done with Sutton and Pierce? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did actually do that. So for those who are playing along, I had a midweek trade of, I woke up to a trade, which is really nice, but it's a nice trade. Uh, it was Cortland Sutton and a third for Damian Pierce and a fourth. Obviously, Damian Pierce not doing too well this year. He's been a little bit quiet. Has a very nice matchup versus Carolina this week, though. So hope he can kind of get his foot in the dirt and get moving. He had a rough, rough start to the year. I did. My running back depth wasn't great. This is my main league that I commissioned. Uh, aptly known as the B-League. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I needed the running back depth. I have Jameer Gibbs, I have James Cook, and not much else but a bunch of numpties behind him. So it's not a bad move to make. This is kind of career best form for Cortland Sutton, and I'm not sure that's going to continue the whole year. And if it does, I don't know anyone that's buying him in a year's time. Everyone's going to say they've just traded Judy. They're going to draft a rookie and get a free agent. They're going to convolute the whole idea of him being a thing again. So my whole mindset was, I just don't see why we're doing that again. What do I think of, I can't even read that, Jordan Love under, I've got to take this off. I can't read it. What do I think of Jordan Love under 231 passing yards and Christian Watson under 50? Hey, Steve, how you going, buddy? Uh, Minnesota are fairly generous to to everyone. Uh, I know that sounds a little weird. I'm not sure how I feel about Watson this year. Have you got any more injury info on him? I was I, I actually thought he wasn't playing. I'm all about Jaden Reed this week. Stephen, let me know what Jaden Reed's line is. Can you do that for me? I'd love to know what they've given him. Uh, Two thirty-one and a half. They're at home, right? I feel like they're at home. Why am I, let me have a look here. I feel like they're at home. Give me half a minute for the silence. Damn, Dan. Get on the silence. 
Sorry, Jeff. Just a bit of dead air. People are driving. I'm going to lull them to sleep. My monotone voice. We're going to do that. Uh, we're going to have a look at this. Where are we? Collapse. Underdog app. Yeah, they're at home. 58 and a half. Hmm. I think he could do it. I think he could do 231. But he's, he needs help. Like, it's one of those things, like, it's going to come from guys like Dontavian Wicks or Sammy Toure. Like, it's it's going to be these weird dudes that have to chip in to, like, get those 20, 30-yard chunks to get him going. Musgrave needs to do something else. Like, you'd feel a little bit more comfortable with it if, like, Aaron Jones was doing more, and he's not. It's kind of one of those weird things where that market seems a little hard. At this moment, man, Dubs has been dropping everything, too. At this moment, I'd probably lean no. Uh, but, I mean, if Watson's playing... Oh, man. If Watson's playing, it's a tight yes. If he's not, that's an easy no. And you can make what you want of that. Because I just don't back anything. Yeah, Aaron Jones didn't practice today. Seems like everyone's like, yeah, I mean, their O-line's kind of sucky. And Romeo Dubs, if he's not catching everything, he's catching nothing. He's, he's an absolute nightmare to track. Uh, Jay, again, the only person I feel confident in at the moment is probably Jaden Reed. And his numbers are kind of scatty at best too. So if Watson's out, wheels up for Reed. If he's in, we can go 231, feeling all right. Whoa. Let's kick on into the evening games. This one I actually had trouble with because there's only two and only one of them's dropped. So obviously, respect to Marvin Jones and everything that's going on with him and his family up in Detroit. They play on Monday night. None of those props have dropped between them and the Raiders. Thank God, because I'm fucking sick of... I mean, I'm going to cover it on Monday night, right? I am sick to death of looking at the Raiders. I, I can't handle them. I really can't. I struggle dealing with a Brian Hoyer crap, Aiden O'Connell crap. Josh Jacobs getting smashed. Like, this is madness. I, I can't deal with the Raiders at this point. Like, I don't even want to look at them. Then you got to go to Detroit, and it's like, they've just lost Marvin Jones, and what do we do with Jameer Gibbs? They've got half a run game. Oh, my God. Bad game to check in on. I'm not overly thrilled about it. Either way, thank you for your questions, Stephen and Jamie. Very happy with that. So we're going to check out, how about this one? Chicago. Plus eight and a half at the Chargers. Who surprisingly, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, have the same win-loss record. Two wins? Maybe the Chargers have one less loss because they had the bye? Oh my god, if they have, that's just absolutely embarrassing for the Chargers. How this I will never advocate for anyone to lose their job. I'm not about that life. But how this guy still has one is absolutely friggin' beyond me. That you can't keep like fumbling Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Williams is half. His knee is dust. Eckler's now 30. He's not, you're not going to like renew him. You're the most expensive defense that can't stop anything. And this guy's still got a job. Mind-blowing. Drink of the day is Sapporo. Thanks for coming. No dramas. I learned that there is a 24 or a 2-4 from Jamie this week. We just call it a case of beer. Thanks for coming. Pick number one, we're going Keenan Allen. I feel like this is, it should have been, it feels like it should be. Keenan Allen should be automatic for 80 yards every week. He's been anything but, but we're going we're gonna to trust him this week. We're going to go a little bit higher than that, 80 and a half rec yards. I feel like it's a reckless game. We're going volume only, but it's 100% there still. He's just very skittish. 
He jumps from like 80 yards one week down to 35, 40 the next. He's kind of moving about way too much for me and what I like. It's as if, you know, it's beneficial to have Mike Williams in the team. Crazy, right? Like Mike Williams is very good for Keenan Allen. It's mad to think that that can happen. And it's like teams are going, okay, Josh Palmer, we'll give you 70 yards, go. Just going to stop Keenan Allen and figure the rest out. Josh Palmer, have a day. No drums. Kind of madness when you think about that. His consistent high yards haven't been there since the first three weeks of the year. He's been sporadic since. His blow-up game at Minnesota where he punched 200 yards. It's been a while, and, yeah, it's been tough for him, I think. Bears are coughing up top 12 uh, receiving yards production this year. Average of 156 per game, something to hang your hat on at least. You really need Josh Palmer to be quiet, which kind of is weird to say. Chicago, I feel like you're going to let that happen this week. I feel like the Chargers at home are going to have a big week. Except for two of them. Justin Herbert, lower than 275 and a half passing. Now, 34 pass attempts at the quota for Herbert this year. When he has passed 34 pass attempts, he goes over 260. I'm worried about Herbert this week to a point where I think the Chargers have to abandon the run. <gasps> Uh-oh, Spadudio. I'll get to that next. We're going to talk about Austin Eckler next. But look, the Bears are giving up just about what we want. That's about 36 pass attempts a game. About 270 passing yards on average a game as well. So it's ballpark for Herbert. And all he needs is that one big one. Hey, maybe Quinton Johnson does something, takes it to the house. <laughs> Good one. Uh, you know, that's where he sits right now. It's kind of it's kind of awkward for him because we're used to seeing him like have these massive weeks and like he isn't. And it just it's kind of shambolic. Thank you very much, Kellen Moore. You dickhead. It is what it is. Look, what I have got is the concern about those home road splits. They're significant. He's got about 356, uh, 346 more passing yards on the road this year. Wild. No one's thinking about that. So average of about 207 in LA. That's going on. So that's a bit of a problem, but I can see him breaking out of that. Primetime matchup at home. Bright to light. He's going to dance quite well. Has to get out of this funk. Chicago may not be the team that it happens against unless something out of the ordinary happens. Like, you know, they're lacking that at the moment. So a good time for the Chargers to wake up and do something. They believe their season's not over. They The Chargers believe their season isn't over. Marijuana distilleries are also going up. So, you know, make what you want of that too. Pick number three this week, the Chargers-Bears game. Austin Eckler lower than 56 and a half rush yards. Wow. Can't believe I said that out loud. It's almost as bad as going against Travis Kelsey. Look, the Bears have kept very good running backs quiet this year, which is weird because the Bears as a whole have been all over the place. Josh Jacobs with Hoyos. He was kept under 40 yards last week. Alexander Madison under 45 yards. Ryan Robinson, 10 yards. The last time they had someone run a muck on him, was Jaleel, Jaleel, I can't say this dude's name, Jaleel McLaughlin, about a month ago that crossed the quota for about 72. So their run game defense, for what it's worth, has been keeping most quiet this year. It's kind of cool to see. Austin Eckler's had the ankle injury, missed some time, but still walked into his usual workload. It's around that 10, 12, 13 carry mark. So it's good to see for him. He's also been kept under 45 yards in two of those three games this year. So... You know, plays week one, has the ankle injury, disappears, comes back, same workload, not crossing that quota. His best game of the year, I think it was over 100 yards, week one versus Miami at home. So we're not really seeing this Austin Eckler, this explosive guy that we're used to. And he's now coming up against a run back, de a running defense. Kept guys like Josh, Josh Jacobs quiet. Brian Robinson, who's had a pretty good year, quiet. So it's kind of something that I'm not overly interested in at all. So he's not going close, close to this quota. We have a higher quota than what's normally given and a team that doesn't really allow it. So for me today, uh, this is a trap. 
I don't feel like this is an Austin Eckler game. Maybe in the receiving game, I feel like that's going to be something that he can exploit. But for me at the moment, I'm staying away and going lower because I didn't say under. Thank you, underdog. My vernacular is correct. 28 yards, 28 minutes. I'm waffling today. We're going to recap and go over everything. We're going to wrap it up. As always, find us on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the alerts. The show comes on 3 o'clock every Wednesday, except for maybe not next week. Jeff, we're going about that's not the point come find us on my monday nights uh two-point conversion kyle and gladys we do some more prop bets i think we've got the raiders this week Hooray. dfs shows on friday night cheat sheets on thursday nights armchair shows on tonight two-point conversion was uh, two-point conversion speaker on it was having one last night if anyone hasn't heard that they were absolutely on one absolutely mind-blowing so all that good stuff Sunday morning with Sunday morning with Gladys. Get around it. Do all that. Go find everyone on X. I'm not going to because I'm going to go our free Discord. Free Discord is pretty amazing. And you can ask Gladys. Just tag her on Sunday morning. Start six questions. She loves it. She will answer every single one of them. I promise you. Swear to God. As always, go to underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy. Use promo code GF200% matching deposit up to 100 bucks. We're going to wrap up these props. One more time, I ain't Dan at the B-League says, we're kicking off with Buffalo at home to Tampa. Josh Allen higher than a half, a rush receiving touchdown. You get that 1.5x bonus boost, get on it. Dalton Kincaid higher than 37 and a half receiving yards. This week is the week, no Dawson Knox. Pick number three, uh, it's a little bit rough. We're going to go Rashad White. We're going to go higher than a half, a rush receiving touchdown. Hasn't done it in a while. I think it's been since week two, so we're going to hope he breaks the drought, kicks on with that. It's 1.5x boost on that as well. Afternoon game, Kansas at Denver. Travis Kelsey doesn't have the form in Denver like you think. We're going lower than 83.5 receiving yards at Denver. Cortland Sutton lower than 46.5 receiving yards versus Kansas. And we're going to go Isaiah Pacheco. It's an Isaiah Pacheco game. Javante Williams going to get on them running backs. Isaiah Pacheco higher than 65.5 rush yards this week versus Denver. And we're going to head over to our primetime game on Sunday. Trying to say Chicago and Chargers at the same time. Don't do that. Not going to work very well. We're going to go Bears at Chargers. Keenan Allen higher than 80.5 receiving yards. He's going to get out of this funk. Justin Herbert lower than 275.5 passing yards. Somehow, some way, it's not going to happen. Pick number three, Austin Eckler lower than 56.5 rush yards. Something for everybody to chew on and think about and mull over. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for the questions. Thanks for stopping by on a Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Who would do that? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Have a great week. Safe bets. Happy punting. Cheers. Bye for now.